tucked away over there in the back of your Bible and where you call the Old Testament. After you get through the major prophets, you get to the minor ones and you go through Obadiah and then you go through Amos and you'll come to a book called Micah. Micah was what we call one of the minor prophets. But he had some very major things to say to Israel. We're going to preach about that today. Heavenly Father, we come before your presence with thanksgiving. And we've sang a new song. And we've made melody in our heart to the Lord. And we've made a joyful noise. And this day, O oh Lord, we've come at this Christmas season to bear witness to the fact that Jesus Christ is the babe in Bethlehem's manger. That God has come to us. And we thank you, O oh God, for the Christmas story and the gospel and all that goes with the tapestry of this event. And we ask you, Lord, to be with us this morning and help us to learn from a story of 700 years before Jesus. There was a, a story. Help us to explore the truth of that story and gain strength from it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I was at the supermarket the other day, and a little girl was riding backwards like they do in the buggy and she had something in her hand and it was liquid and it was large and she tried to lift it up on the conveyor for her mom and she made a mistake and dropped it on a concrete floor and everything she had in that jar went everywhere and she said oh mama it's a catastrophe <laughs> I looked at her and I said, how does a little girl like you know a word so big as catastrophe? And uh, her mother looked at me and said, if you only knew. If you only knew. I think that's true for everyone in this house today. Some of you have come to this meeting today and there's been catastrophe if we only knew. Many people that wear the smile and come with the facade and come with the impression they want to make that the real them, the real person behind the mask is hurting and is suffering and fearful and frightened and frustrated. Even in a holiday system, uh, system where silver bells are ringing and where uh, joy to the world is being sung and where musicals are uh, all over the place and people enjoying the season but there are some that enjoy the season with restraint it's because there's things that happen in our lives that we just have no control over and the timing is the problem of it to lose a mother near mother's day or to go through a difficulty during Easter, or to have some major catastrophe, for lack of a better word, to go on in your life when everyone else is celebrating freedom and Veterans Day, all of the, the holidays that we go through, and many people go through them with tough feelings and emotions. Many of them have terminal diseases. Many of them go through times of difficulty and, and hardship at the, the most inopportune times. And uh, they, they'll put off things. I, I have a preacher friend, and uh, Don and I know him real well. He's been needing open-heart surgery for at least two years. And uh, we were talking with him the other day, hey, if I had two years to live with what I had, I wouldn't be standing here today. But fortunately, he has survived. And asked him the other day, when are you going to get that done? He said, well, I... I, uh, I'm going to wait till after the first of the year. I don't want to mess up Christmas. Okay. <laughs> so some things that you're frightened and fearful of, you just postpone and put it off, you know, and act like it isn't there and uh, go ahead and uh, make everybody think that Christmas is as usual. But I want to tell you, it's really, really not because there are things that you go through and you deal with. If 
particular scripture we've got is in Micah 5. We're going to read the first six uh, verses of that, uh, that chapter because it, it talks about a time of hope that is promised for all of Israel. A time of victory, a time of rejoicing, a time when God is going to come to your aid and come to your rescue. It begins by saying, Now gather thyself in troops, O daughter of troops. In other words, it talks about a, a time when Israel was in constant conflict with the Assyrians, always battling with, with uh, their neighbors, and always it was the Assyrians and the Egyptians that always offered the threat from the north. They always guarded the north because the invasion that they talked about uh, always was seemingly from Assyria or it was from, from Egypt, and they always struggled with that. And because of that, he said, O daughter of troops, you're used to having to gather together to go to battle. And he said, Gather yourself, gather thyself into troops, O daughter of troops. He hath laid a siege against us. Now, if, if you look at the chronological order, there's a great book I've got that saved my hide. Many times it's called Usher's Book of Chronology. And it tells you how the sequence of things goes and what time it happened. And my Usher's Book of Chronology tells me that it was 700 years before Christ, which was about the time when the Babylonians came and laid siege to Jerusalem. In fact, God had told Israel, because of their idolatry and because of all of their uh, uh, adulterous conduct. He actually called them an unfaithful wife and actually called them uh, uh, adulterers. And he said that they had left their, their covenant uh, that they'd made with the Lord and had, had gone off into whoremongering and that, that kind of thing. Pretty serious stuff that God said, and for that reason, I'm going to allow your enemies to chastise you for 70 years. Jeremiah told him, he said, there's a day coming. Did you know Jeremiah preached his whole ministry and never had a convert? Praise God, I've at least got some marks and records somewhere in Cleveland about some converts. Praise God. How about Jeremiah that in his monthly report that he sent to Jerusalem, he said, nobody saved. Nobody baptized. Nobody taken into the church. No fruitfulness whatsoever. Well, brother, I, I tell you, I'd be tempted to quit if we just wasn't getting anything done. I'd eventually say, well, maybe, Lord, you didn't call me. Maybe I'm in the wrong deal here if I'm not being blessed at all. But Jer Jeremiah just kept on preaching. Hey, we need to do a character study of Jeremiah. You'd like him. He got thrown in a pit for preaching. Brother... You know what it was? He preached about what I'm talking to you. He preached about there's going to come a time when God is going to chastise you because of your evil uh, sins and your wicked, adulterous ways. And God is going to allow one of your enemies, the Chaldeans, he called them, they're going to come and they're going to invade and they're going to plunder. And here is the time when the Sennacherib, and all of his armies were gathered outside Jerusalem, and it was just a matter of days before it was going to all be over for them. And the Bible said, Now gather thyself in troops, Micah said. O daughter of troops, he hath laid siege against us, the Babylonians, the Assyrians. They shall smite the judge of Israel with a rod upon the cheek. The sincerest, most severe insult in the Middle East is to be smitten on the cheek. And what, what Micah is saying is that this, this blessing of God that's going to come, this king, this shepherd, he said, He hath laid seeds against us, and they shall smite the judge of Israel with a rod upon the cheek. Remember, he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement 
of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. That foretelling and that foretelling that eventually there would come a, a deliverer, that eventually there would come a, a savior that was held in the hearts of every good Jewish Israeli person. They had this hope that Messiah is coming. And many of them to this day never accepted the Lord Jesus. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as did receive him gave he power to become the sons of God. Though those people did not receive him at that time, to this day they still look for Messiah. They still look for the promise. They still look for the deliverer. They believe that the deliverer is going to come and is going to form an army and is going to defeat all of the enemies of Israel and that Israel is going to rule and, and reign forever when Messiah comes. That's the one thing that they, they all embrace is the hope of a Savior. The hope of a Savior. Now, this tells us that there's going to come a time. Next verse, please. It tells us that there's going to come a time, but thou, Bethlehem. I love that, that little word. It's been a favorite of mine in God's word for, since forever. Bethlehem. If you break that word down, it says bet, and that means of the house of or of the tribe of. It, if you are uh, bet Shan, that, that means that you are from uh, the, the area called Bet Shan. You can visit it today. If you have that Bet at the front, it means of the house of. Bet Lehem. Lehem means bread. So Bethlehem means the house of bread. Now, who do you think lives in the house of bread? None other but the Lord Jesus, who said, I am the bread of life. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I, I just always enjoy those word studies. It just brings something out that blesses my old hungry soul. Hungry soul because to know that the bread lives at the house of bread. Praise God. Bethlehem's also a, a special place also. They all loved it because they knew this promise. They knew that one day from Bethlehem, God is going to raise up a deliverer. That God is going to do something wonderful among his people. That Bethlehem is going to be the place where they come. In fact, David, when he was uh, uh, in Getty in the stronghold, you remember what he said, Don? He said, if I could just have one cup of water from the well at Bethlehem. If I could just drink one drink of water, how wonderful and how blessed it would be if I just had one dipper and could have a dipper of water out of the well which is at Bethlehem. And two of his mighty men loved and respected him so much that the Bible said they ran. They ran all the way to Bethlehem, got a dipper of water, and ran all the way back to En Gedi and gave the dipper of water to David because that was such a blessed place at Bethlehem because all of them looked to Bethlehem to know that that's where the king, that's where the shepherd of God's people, that's where the deliverance, that's where the Savior is going to come from. Listen to what it says. But thou Bethlehem Ephratah, Though an Ephratah is simply a way to signify the right Bethlehem because there were several little cities that were named Bethlehem. What about that? But the Bible said, this is the one that's at Bethlehem Ephratah. Ephratah has to do with fruitfulness. It has to do with uh, being at peace and being satisfied and to be fruitful. Hallelujah. That's the one, he said, is where Jesus is coming from. That's the one where the Savior of the world. Now, I want to tell you, Muhammad has got a Koran, but he doesn't have a Savior. Confucius has got all kind of 
sayings, but he doesn't have a Savior. The sophists and the Gnostics, they all have their spiritualism, but they don't have a Savior. The Hindus have their, their worship of animals, but they don't have a Savior. Amen. The, those that r worship wisdom and Sophia, the goddess of wisdom, but they don't have a Savior. Hey, I want to tell you, my religion and my, my belief has a Savior. Hallelujah. In Matthew 1 and 21, that angel said unto, unto Joseph, Fear not to take unto thee Mary, thou espoused wife, for that which is in her is of the Holy Ghost. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save the people from their sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shiloh will come from Bethlehem. Yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be the ruler, the ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. The word Hebrew word is olam. It means from everlasting. It means that our Christ, our Savior, has inhabited eternity forever in the past. We speak of it as the ancient of days. We, we speak of that as being unmeasurable time. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He is the eternal God. He has always been and he always will be. Revelation, Revelation said he is the one who is and was and is to come. He is the one who has overcome time. There's no way to measure the length of time when it's pertaining to Jesus because there's no way you can spend eternity. Someone said you would spend. You can't spend eternity. If you live 10,000 years, you haven't spent any of eternity. When we talk about eternal life, after you're a million years old, you have no less days to sing God's praise because eternity cannot be spent and it cannot be exhausted in any way. Oh, hallelujah. He is from the ancient times. He is from the ancient past. Forever he is God. In fact, the Bible said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning, and all things were made by him, and all things consist by the Word of his mouth. He is the eternal God, the 14th verse said, And he was made flesh. He in Bethlehem was made flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we beheld him as of the only begotten of the Father. Oh, what a Savior, what a, what a king, and what a, what a shepherd. Yet out of thee, though you're small, though you're the least of all the tribes of Judah, I, I found something strange or mysterious, rather, about our God. He loves to take simple things and do extraordinary. He loves to take simple things like a handful of dirt, put it upon the eyes of a blind man, and he comes back seeing. He takes little things and speaks powerful words. Brother, he is a... Superman, if there ever was a Superman. He can do anything and nothing can stop him. Listen to what it says about him. He, he will be a ruler, a ruler in Israel, and his goings forth have been from the old and from everlasting, from ancient times. He is so superior, hallelujah, that he's never fought a battle he didn't win. He's never been in a situation that he couldn't control. He's never seen a problem that confused him. He's never come to any kind of difficulty that he couldn't subdue. He is champion. He is Lord. He is winner. 
He is overcomer, and we are his people. We're the sheep of his pastor. Oh, hallelujah. This ruler, this shepherd king, as we'll find out in the next verse, he is a ruler. I'm glad I've got a ruler like that on my side. But he came from a very simple place, a very little place, a very insignificant place. I want to tell you, God uses insignificant people. He uses little people to bring revival. I'm not talking about little in stature. I'm talking about little people that, that really can do, do something for God. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, but he climbed up in a tree. And what happened? As the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today. What a Savior. What a Redeemer. What a, what a ruler. What a sovereign. What an overcoming, powerful God that we have. We used to sing that all, all of those years. There's power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your burden of sin? and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's still power in that name. There's still power in the person of the Lord Jesus. Why, he can walk into a host of people that are uh, ill and people that are diseased and people that are mangled by, by arthritis and by disease. And the Bible said, as Jesus passed by, he asked a fellow, he said, Wilt thou be made whole? And he said, Then arise and take up thy bed and walk. And the Bible said, and immediately his ankle bones received strength, and he leaping up stood. Praise the Lord. You believe God does things like that? Yes, our Jesus, our ruler does that kind of thing. Our sovereign God does exactly that kind of thing. The Bible said he encountered a man that had a withered hand. And as he encountered the Lord Jesus, our Savior said to him, Stretch forth thy hand. And the Bible said, and immediately he stretched it forth, and it became as whole as the other. What a Savior, what a healer, what a deliverer, what a ruler, what a king that has come out of the insignificant little town of Bethlehem. Sovereign God, while he's so sovereign, he not only controls human events, he controls weather and storms. The Bible said as the disciples were rowing against the angry waves on the Sea of Galilee, uh, the Bible said there arose a great storm. Have you ever had a great storm to arise unexpectedly? Go to your mailbox and open up the letter and it says IRS. And immediately your attention goes to 100%. going to have a meeting. You come to this place, be there at a certain time, an agent so-and-so will meet with you, da-da-da-da-da-da. Pastor, how do you know that? <laughs> Brother, you hang around church, you'll do a lot of that kind of thing, won't you, Don? They come around snooping all the time, don't they, Don? Pretty regular. They look at what you got and see if it's what you say it is. They don't trust you. They think you're trying to cheat them. <laughs> yeah, you get some news like that. And it just messes up your Christmas. How would you like to go through Christmas Knowing January 1, talk about messing up a Christmas. That can ruin one, can it? But this Savior, this sovereign one. In fact, I was reading in, I believe it was one of our periodicals that we get as pastors, and it was talking about a pastor that got news that you're going to be audited. We found certain things that, 
And he said, I just said, oh, God, this is in your hands. I don't know anything about, about what they're talking about. And he said that he went to the meeting and he got in the meeting and, and he said a, a lady came out to him and, and uh, she said, well, let me see your, your papers that you brought there. And he said he began to leave them with her and, and began to talk about them and this and that. And she'd go up and get out and leave and she'd come back. Then she'd ask him two more questions and get up and leave. And the last time she got up and left, she stayed gone several hours. He said, well, I don't know if she's give up on me or quit or gone home or what's happened to that little lady, but she's gone. But he said, but when she came back, said she walked over to me and she said, uh, it's all over. said, I'm sorry it took me so long. I had to get nine signatures before I could get that done. But said, it's done. It's all over. You're free to go. What? You mean I sat around like a mully grub all of Christmas for you to tell me that? Hey, <laughs> when this Savior is on your side and when this God, this shepherd that watches over you, then this babe from Bethlehem goes with you through difficult times that scare you to death. And when you get there and you get through it and find out God has helped you and God has solved you, you say, well, why was, oh, soul, soul, why art thou so disquieted within me? Why do you pull these tricks on me? Why do you do this kind of junk to me? I ought to know by now that the Lord knoweth them that are his that the Lord is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we're able to think of and ask. That this God that we call sovereign, this God that we own for ourselves, this God who speaks all goodness and power, that he controls everything. As those disciples sailed on that sea, there came up a storm. And the Bible said, and they were roaring. And the Bible said, and their lives were in jeopardy. How would you like to be in a situation like that? And the Bible said, and sovereign ruler, shepherd God came walking to them on the sea. Peter said, is that you? He said, yeah, it's me. Every one of the other disciples said, it's a ghost. Sometimes you get so messed up you can't see. Sometimes you get so messed up that God's trying to show you something you don't even recognize who he is. Woo, a lot of preaching right there, but I can't do it today. Lots of times God is throwing you a rope and you don't even realize where it came from. And the Bible said, Peter said, well, I want to I come to you. And he said, well, come on. Finally got him back in the boat. And Jesus looked around and said, Wind, stop that howling. Waves, nestle down there and stop that. And the Bible said, And there was a great calm. Woo, Lord. What about preaching the rest of this sermon about the great calm? Have you ever experienced a great calm? Have you ever been torn up and distressed? Have you ever been messed up big time? And suddenly the Lord said, peace be still, and there was a calm. Anybody ever had a calm? I said, has anybody ever had a calm? If you have, give the Lord some praise and thank him for it. Thank you, God, for the calms in my life. I've had calms in my life because the ruler is my sovereign. I've had blessing and calms in my life because Jesus, born in Bethlehem, the promise of a deliverer and a Savior is coming. Wow, how good is that? Next verse. Olivia, get ready. It's getting close. Therefore will he give them up until the time 
that she which travaileth hath brought forth. You mean the Lord's going to let it be till the time gets right? You mean His time is not my time? You mean He knows better than I know? Glory to God. You mean He's got a schedule? You mean he, he's, he's working on a, on a time that I'm, I'm, not, I'm not aware of and, and uh, I, I'm not in sync with His timing? Boy, Faye and I have had a lot of discussions about that. His timing and His way. Listen to what it says. I will give them up and just let things be until the time which she which travaileth hath brought forth. Then, when that Savior is come, when that Savior is born, when that Deliverer is come, when that King is born, when that Shepherd appears on the scene, when that happens, then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel. Oh, blessed be God. There's coming a time when she which travails is going to bring forth. Oh, the Holy Ghost said it this way. And she brought forth her firstborn son and laid him in a manger and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Oh, Hallelujah, everything's working right with God's plan because the angel that appeared to Mary said, that holy thing which is in you is of the Holy Spirit. And he said, you shall bring forth that babe and wrap him in swaddling clothes. And when the shepherds came, they found the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Hallelujah. You see, God is very minute and specific about the way he moves. His ways are so far above my ways as far as the heaven is above the earth. He is past finding out. I can't comprehend him. I don't know why he does what he does. I don't understand all the things that he does. But I know that I know that I know that his will is for me. His good intention is for me. He intends good plans for me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm, I'm on top, not on the bottom. Hallelujah. I'm going up. I'm not going down. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a victor, not a victim. Whoa. Why? Because I embrace him as the Sovereign Savior, the Sovereign Lord, the Maker of all things. Next verse up there. And he shall stand and feed in the strength of the Lord. Woo. Brother, I'm glad I'm at the feeding place this morning, aren't you? And the Bible said he, he will stand and he will feed in the strength of the Lord. In the majesty of the name of the Lord. The majesty of the name of the Lord. What a Christmas sermon. The majesty of the name of the Lord. Brother, if you were to ask James and John that that impotent man had been healed and made whole, and when the magistrate arrested them and brought them to, for the court and asked them by whose authority, by whose name hath this man been healed or made whole? <laughs> Peter said, Magistrate, we're not cautious to answer you concerning this matter because we've already made up our mind that it's better to obey God than it is to obey man. And said, so let me tell you who done this. It was by the power and the majesty of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that this impotent man hath been made whole. The majesty of the name of the Lord. That name is so powerful, it's so productive, that the Bible said, and the righteous run into it, and they shall be saved. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And when my heart is overwhelmed, Lord, lead me to that rock that is higher than I, for thou hast been a shelter. So we can all then rejoice with the angel. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, a Savior, 
a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This world doesn't need another philanthropist because poverty is not the problem. This world doesn't need another psychologist because ignorance is not the problem. This world doesn't need Washington and London, New York, Moscow. What this world needs is a Savior because sin is the problem. Who are you looking to? Who are you looking to? If you're looking to Washington, you're going to be disappointed. If you're looking to Wall Street in New York, you're going to be disappointed. If you're looking to Qatar, is that the way you say it? Qatar in Saudi Arabia, hey, you'll be disappointed. If you're looking for North Korea, you'll be disappointed. If you're looking for all the things that's going on in the world to bring peace, gentlemen may cry, peace, peace and safety, but there is no peace. Oh, I want to tell you, you'll not find any peace on this old earth because peace is not a thing. Peace is a person. The Bible said a man shall be for your peace. You'll see that scripture up there in just a minute. It's in this passage. A man shall be for your peace. The majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall abide. For now shall he be great unto all the ends of the earth. He's talking about two events right here, Don. He's not only talking about the birth of Bethlehem's baby and the manger, but here he's talking about a time that's going to come in the future. When not just in Bethlehem, but the Bible said from all over the, the globe, all the way to the ends of the earth. Whew. In fact, the Bible said the glory of the Lord shall cover the whole earth. Brother, there's coming a time when God's grace and God's glory is going to cover the whole earth. Isn't that great stuff? cover the whole earth. Habakkuk said the day is coming. 14th verse, first chapter. He said that's coming when the glory of the Lord shall cover the whole earth. Oh, great God. What's that say? We win. That means you're on the winning team. That means right now, sitting right here, well, Brother Jerry, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't have to know what you're going through. You're a winner. Well, if you felt like I felt, hey, I don't need to feel like you feel. You're a winner. You're an overcomer through Jesus Christ. Yeah, but you don't know what I, I have to do every day. I don't need to know what you have to do every day. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. I don't have to know what you do every day. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah, but you don't know how I've been hurt. I don't need to know how you have been hurt. He heals all our diseases. Well, you don't know what I've done. I've been done some crazy things. He forgives all our sins. Hey, you just keep going with every defense you want to. I'm going to keep on telling you, if you'll look to the Lord Jesus, He's the Savior. He, he is the Deliverer. He's the King. He is the, the Shepherd of His people. Hallelujah. He's the answer to every question you've got. He's the end of every search. He is the greatest treasure to be cherished for all of us. And that's the person of the Lord Jesus. What a Christmas gift he is. What a blessing he is. Come on, let's go another verse, and then we'll try to land this plane. Don said, we're fogged in, he thinks. No, we're not fogged in. And this man shall be peace. This man that's going to be born in Bethlehem's manger, that man shall grow up and he shall be for our peace. When the Assyrians shall come into our land, and when he shall tread out our palaces, then shall we raise against him seven shepherds and eight principal men. Glory to God. You mean God's got some folks reserved that, that uh, don't just throw in the towel and quit? 
You mean God's got some champions? You mean God's got some overcomers? God's got some leaders? God's got some people that's willing to fight when fighting time comes? That God's got some people that will, with Isaiah, say, Here am I, send me. That God's got some people like Gideon who will say, Lord, what can I do? I can do something, whatever it is. I'm not learned. I, I don't have a background. I'm not from anywhere, and I don't have a big name. I'm a nobody from nowhere. I, all I got is a bunch of wool here, and I call it fleece, and I test you sometime with my fleece. But if you know my heart, my heart says I want to do something for God that will make a difference for somebody. Hallelujah. You mean God can use a Gideon? Yeah. When the angel walked up on him, he was threshing wheat on the floor. And the Bible said the angel, first thing he ever said to him, says, Oh, thou mighty man of valor. My Lord, honey, I'm, I'm just an old sod-busting farmer over here at the mill grinding up a little bit of flour. And you're calling me a, a soldier, a mighty man of valor? God always speaks in the what he can do and what he can make out of you. He don't just look at all your deficiency. He doesn't always look at your failures and all the things you've got to overcome. He just looks at what you can become. What you can become. And that angel said to Gideon, said, Oh, thou mighty man of valor. You kidding me? Who are you talking to, girl? Talking to you. Because the Savior, the Deliverer, the Ruler, the Shepherd is for you. Touch somebody and say, He's for me. He's for me. He's for me, not against me. He's for me. I said, he's for me. But if somebody ought to shout, shout it out in that aisle. Woo, he's for me. He's for me. Though a host, listen, though a host encampeth against me, I will not fear. For the one who is for me, not against me. Glory to God. Have you got him on your side? Hey, David said it this way. The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is my light and the Lord is my salvation. Listen, of whom shall I fear? Or of what shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Glory to God. You know this man Micah's talking about, don't you? You know the babe in Bethlehem's manger grows up to become the Savior. Come on, Olivia. Seven shepherds, eight principal men. That'd be a good place to pick up next Sunday. Give them the next verse so we can make their appetite a little good. And they shall waste the land of Assyria. Well, I thought Assyria was coming to waste the land of Israel. No, when this babe, when Bethlehem, when that woman that travails shall give birth, they shall waste the land of Assyria. What does that mean? That means that devil that has harassed us for centuries. That means that devil that had put so many souls in hell. That means that devil that had warred against God and against his holy angels. That devil who had plundered and stolen and killed and murdered and beaten and wounded. That suddenly the tables have now turned. And that the one who said, we've come here to plunder God's holy city, Jerusalem. But because Jesus has come, the people of God can say to the Assyrians, no, we're going to plunder you. Satan, you've had it. Satan, I'm a victor over every scheme and every device you've got. I'm a winner in every battle, every plan you've got for my demise. 
I will overcome that plan, and I will be a winner in the name of Jesus. That everything mean that you intend to do for me, I'm going to turn that table, and I'll do that to you. Are you seeing that up there? They shall waste the land of Assyria with the sword and the land of Nimrod in the entrances. Thus shall he deliver us from the Assyrian. Not just a baby that's got wise men on the picture card. Not just a manger there and shepherds there and Joseph. And He said it's about victory. Thus shall he deliver us. Are you delivered? I said, are you delivered? I said, are you delivered? You don't act like you're delivered. You don't sound like you're delivered. It don't sound like you've become a winner. It don't sound like you've got to throw off those chains that bind you. Praise the Lord. He can work through those who praise him. Praise the Lord. And those chains that seem to bind you will fall powerless behind you when you praise him. Come on, somebody. When you praise him. When you praise him. When you praise Him, glory to Messiah. When you praise Him, when you praise Him, and those chains that seem to bind you will fall powerless behind you when you praise Him. Oh, have you got the delivering power? Has the Lord on your side? Do you know the sovereign God? He will deliver us from the Assyrian when he cometh into our land and when he treadeth within our borders. Get the last one now and then we'll go. One more verse. And the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many people as a dew from the Lord, as the showers upon the grass that tarrieth not for men nor waiteth for the sons of men. Brother, Rain doesn't get permission to rain on anybody. It just rains. Glory to God. That's how God works His handiwork. That there is nothing to restrain Him. That nothing can bind Him. Nothing can hold Him back. Nothing can withstand Him. If God wills it, it shall be as God wills. And I want to tell you, God has willed something for you. You know what it is? That in every situation, that in every circumstance, that in every difficulty, that in every hardship, that you'll come through a winner in Jesus' name. You'll be a winner. That's what Christmas means. That's what that tree is so pretty, but what it really means is there is a Savior. That beautiful ribbon up there in red, that's a beautiful ribbon, but his blood was red. You know, a lot of people think our, our, our father lost control at Calvary. And there are those that would like to tell you and teach you that Jesus had lost control. Let me tell you, every stripe that was placed upon his back was there by His permission. The crown of thorns that pierced His brow was there by His permission. The spike nailed through His feet was nailed with His permission. The nails in His hands were nailed there with His permission. He was entirely in control of that whole situation. How do you know that? When the crowd yelled at Him, and said, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and others. And one thief said to Jesus, come down off of this cross. If you be the Savior, if you be Messiah, come down and save us. And Jesus said this, I could have called 10,000 angels, 
I could have slain people until the gutters in Jerusalem ran full of blood. But all that was done to me, they smote the cheek of the Savior. They insulted and humiliated and shamed the Savior. Why was that? So that you and I would not have to bear the shame and would not have to bear the suffering as payment for sin. He did it all. He did it all. When somebody asks you, hey, why are you so happy this Christmas? Look them in the eye and say, he did it all. He did it all. He didn't leave anything left. He did it all. He didn't do a halfway job. He did it all. He didn't just go at it. He did it. And He did it all. Stand with me. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. He rules the world with truth and grace, and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love and wonders of His love, and wonders and wonders of His love. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see Thee lie above Thy deep and sleep. The silent stars go by, yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. O beautiful star, of Bethlehem shine on. Oh, I love those old songs, don't you? Hey, don't you miss out on Christmas. Don't you let those calendar days go by and you miss out. Hey, you get in the Spirit. Get in the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Let Christmas mean to you that Jesus has come. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about the fact that He is King. He is Shepherd and he's Savior. Thank you, God, for be, allow, allowing us to be in your house. Thank you for the wonder of the Holy Spirit that has worked such a work today in our hearts. Thank you for the joy of Christmas, and thank you for the wonderful hope that we have in Jesus and his coming, and he's coming again. And I ask you, God, to bless us as we go from this place and give us a great day today despite the weather. We bless you in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God go with you, and God bless you is our prayer. You have a great day today.